0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 21st, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, a lot to get into. No snark here. As a Raiders fan, you are a Raiders fan. I'm a Bengals fan. You're a Raiders fan and an Ohio State fan. Do you want Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders?
1: Absolutely not, Dave. I I cannot, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see Jim Harbaugh leaving uh, for the Raiders job. I, I mean, I can see him doing it because I think that he's probably hit his ceiling. I don't want him to do it because I want that rematch in Columbus. He is it, like when you're playing Madden or college football with a friend, and they finally beat you after, you know, seven or eight tries and they get that one win and they dropped the remote control and said I'm retired I'm done you it's for that rematch and that's kind of how I feel with Jim Harbaugh like he has to come back to Columbus they ducked the last time he was supposed to go to Columbus uh 2 years ago because of the covid and I just think that he that all the all the stars aligned for him this this past year at Michigan he had a veteran group um, he caught Ohio State when it was snowing and the team was battling the flu, um, so I just think that this was a, a magical year for Michigan, and I can't see them doing any better than what they were doing now. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke out there that the Raiders, if they offer him the position, that he would accept it. But as a Raiders fan, I don't want it because. I essentially think it's going to be another John Gruden type of deal because if he does get that Raiders job, he's going to want control of the 53-man roster, and not a lot of people have shown that they have the chops to be able to manage the 53-man roster and coach the team successfully. You know, uh, in New England, they they say that Bill has somewhat control in his split duties, but we've seen... And, and with the Raiders, what it looks like when Gruden has control of the 53-man roster and trying to coach the football team, and it wasn't pretty.
0: No doubt about it. I'll even just throw this out there. I mean, Belichick you know, the GOAT, best head coach of all time in the NFL, but he's been sketchy as a GM. Like he's, he can't draft wide receivers to save his life. Like it's almost like if Belichick had had like a good GM this whole time, like if he had his Ozzie Newsome, it's like, look the hell out. They'd probably have like 15 Super Bowls, not quote unquote, just six. Um, Okay. So I had to ask you about Harbaugh and the Raiders and all that. Let's get to some Ohio state topics. So when you look at this Ohio state team going into 2022, is it the linebackers? Is it the defensive backs? What position group do you think will be under the microscope the most in spring ball?
1: 100% in my mind is going to be the linebackers because I believe that they were the the, the group that, pro, that performed way below Ohio State standards without Washington no longer there. Uh, your logic will tell you that Jim Knowles will be able to get that group turned around considering this is his defense. He's a former linebacker coach. And I, I think one of the key aspects to the linebacker position is keeping Cade Stover over there. I think that he is born to be a linebacker. I think that they uh, didn't utilize him properly when he was a tight end because Ohio State doesn't throw the ball to the tight end enough for him to be burning his years of eligibility on that side of the football. He is just a natural born headbuster. And if you could keep him over there because he looked really good in the Rose bowl, I think that provides a lot of depth, given still chambers a full year again at that position. I think that's going to bode well for him. And then you look at the younger guys that's coming in with, with CJ Hicks and, um, and, and powers coming over those guys they could be contributing and you know you have some younger guys like reed Carrico who didn't see the field quite a bit but I, I just think that the linebackers have a blank slate going forward they were so poorly coached at that position this year they were such a liability in the run game that the defense was they were out schemed and exposed in large part because of the linebacker position Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to perform. Hopefully they perform better, because if they don't, it's still going to be a major issue with the defense trying to get a stop. And if you listen to, you know, Darren Lee and James Laurinaitis and a lot of those guys, they were pretty hard on the linebackers. One of the biggest things that they said, you know, that this linebacker group failed to do was, one, reading their keys, two, triggering. Like when they see the ball, these linebackers had a hard time Read and recognizing fine ball, get football, and that's something that drastically has to change.
0: All right, on the recruiting front, good news here high four star defensive end Omari Abor committed to the Buckeyes. And there was a lot of talk oh man, you know, a lot of consternation that oh, man, he, he might not actually sign here in a week and a half. And what's now the late signing period, Jay Book, as you know, though, um, he is now called off all official visits, he's not taking any more visits. Fantastic news. Sounds like he is a Buckeye. You never know in recruiting. I get it. There's never a sure thing, but sounds like Abor's going to be a Buckeye.
1: Yeah, that's what all all the signs are pointing. I know uh, Steve Wolfong came on the board and said that that's the case. What he's hearing that he's going to be signing with Ohio State, and it's good news that he's canceling those visits. There was some smoke that Texas was uh, dropping a lot of NIL money towards him, trying to persuade him to come and take a visit there. It's good that he's going to go ahead and hold hold firm here. When he originally committed to Ohio State at the at the bowl game at the uh, All American Bowl game, a lot of people was like, "Oh, it's just a placeholder type of deal." But now that he's canceling those visits, that tells me that he's all in with his commitment secured. I mean, you have to really look at that Ohio State defensive line hall in that 2022 class, as well as the. Overall defensive guys that they were able to bring in, and it has to make you smile as an Ohio State fan because one of the biggest knocks you know the last several years about Ryan Day was, Yeah, he's a great recruiter when it comes to offense, but where are the heavy hitters when it comes to the defense? And you're getting that in this particular class,
0: yeah. So, good segue. What are your thoughts overall on this class? I feel like we almost are underrating it, we're so spoiled. They have the number four class in the country. And there's not that much of a gap from one to four, like the gap from Ohio state at four to Texas A&M at one is the same from Ohio state at four to whoever's fifth. I can't remember off the top of my head. It might be Notre Dame or Penn state. One of those two. Um, So there's a clear top four. Like this is an excellent class for Ohio state 21 strong. Just your thoughts overall on this class for Ohio state.
1: I love this class. Um, I think. The the defensive line is probably the crown jewel of the class, uh, especially when when you look at the guys that they were able to get in Kenyatta Jackson out of Florida, and then you throw you throw in a hero canoe out of California, and then you mentioned A bar and some of the other guys that they got. And so I just think that the defensive line haul, whenever you're when when you're looking back at it, it, it could be one that really provides depth down the line. They could be Disruptive uh, playmakers there. And then a major, major need with CJ Hicks, uh, you know, Captain Buckeye, you know, leading the way as the highest rated player in the class. And then you secured a top level quarterback once again with Devin Brown, another guy who could really spin it. And then obviously, Brian Hartline is going to do what he does best, which is bringing in high-end wide receivers. And you're getting that with Caleb Burton out of Lake Travis. And then you look at Keon Grays out of Arizona, Chandler, Arizona, and a lot of people comparing him to a Chris Alave type of guy. He performed extremely well at the All-American Bowl. So this, I, I think that, this class on both sides of the ball is extremely strong. The uh, reclassification of Sonny Styles was big. I think he fits perfectly in this defense that Jim was trying to run. And then a lot of people, uh, you know, sleep on uh, DeMonte uh, Trano, who's transferred from Arizona State, to running back, who's going to be uh, the linebacker uh, trying out for the linebacker position. And I think that if he can catch on, That's going to be another body. But overall, you want to stack as much talent as possible. And I just like the balance from this class. But to me, in my eyes, the defensive line is the crown jewel.
0: I want to ask you about tight end. I mean, how big of a need do you think is tight end in the transfer portal? I mean, the Buckeyes have used a lot of 12 personnel the last few years. I think they're probably going to use a lot more 10 personnel this coming year. But just in your opinion, how big of a need is tight end in the portal?
1: I think they need a guy, uh, especially if you're going to keep Cade Stover over on that side of the football, because they, what they like to do, uh, as you mentioned with the 12 personnel, they don't necessarily throw a lot to the tight end. The guys that they have right now still need a couple more years of development in the weight room because they utilize their tight ends in the run game uh, quite a bit. So I do think that if they can add a veteran to that room, it will really help them. But I'm excited to see what those with those guys that they have right now, what they're going to be able to develop to because they're not necessarily the most stout guys, but they could be mismatched nightmares if you're able to put them in a right situation.
0: All right. Final thing. I want to ask you about the 2020 offensive line for the Buckeyes. A lot of talent up front, new offensive line coach, Justin Fry. Give me your thoughts overall on that unit. And specifically if Paris Johnson jr. Is the starting left tackle, which we think he will be, What's your confidence level in him? I mean, his ceiling is through the roof, uh, but he would be a first-time starter at left tackle, former number one offensive tackle recruit in the country. Uh, your thoughts overall on the O-line and your confidence level in Paris Johnson at left tackle?
1: Yeah, I, I think the offensive line has a lot of talent. I'm really excited about Justin Fry. I think the run game is going to be significantly better this year year because you're going to have true guards and I think that you're having you got to upgrade in the coaching um spot when it comes to uh fry over studs so I really like the upgrade there Paris Johnson he's going to be he's going to be a good left tackle I think that's his natural position I don't think he was a guard he was playing out of position this year he did his best Um, but for him he he has those uh the the sweet feet like they used to say the bend the length to be your prototypical left tackle, and I think he's going to perform really well there. I think it was huge getting your right tackle back, um, having him uh, deciding to come back instead of going to the draft is going to be big. And yeah, then
0: Dewan Jones, big old yeah, Dewan Jones, who's listed <laughs> J. Book. He's listed three sixty. If if I'm going over under three ninety for Dewan, are you going over under?
1: I'm going. I'm going over, man. <laughs> I over. am too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I, actually think that he probably needs to drop a little bit of weight and get get stronger in the weight room because when he went up against some guys who were some heavy hitters like on the Michigan defensive line, he did struggle. He had his ups and downs. I know PFF ranked him uh, fairly high this year, and I think that he needs to kind of build on that momentum, but he really needs to make sure that his strength and conditioning is on top of his game this this fall but the offensive line they should they should be pretty good I just think that they're going to be able to bully people in the run game when you're getting true guards back I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Harry Miller getting him back healthy and, and just the guys that they have they're immensely talented and I think that Justin Fry is going to be able to get the most out of them I just think that the the toughness aspect this past year was severely lacking and that's one of the reasons why stud is no longer here along with him missing on so many uh, recruiting top targets at the tackle position. But if, if I'm, if I'm looking at the, the offensive line, I would say stock up going into the season.
0: Love it. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. I really appreciate it. J book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in on the show. We appreciate that very much as well. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag best band in the land.